I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the movie, movie lovers. lovers. Welcome to Hello and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. To this bonus episode. Happy Wonder Woman Day. Of the movie lovers. In this episode, we will be reviewing Wonder Woman 1984, which just released today, Christmas Day. Hopefully, you are getting this no later than the next day. This will be the first in two or three bonus episodes that you should get during the course of the next few days, hopefully holding you over till our next episode of The Movie Lovers. More on that later. But let's first dive right on in to this review of Wonder Woman 1984. My life hasn't been what you probably think it has. We all have our struggles. Have you ever been in love? A long, long time ago. You? So many times. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Life is good, but it can be better. And why shouldn't it be? All you need is to want it. Think about finally having everything you always wanted. I can save today, but you can save the world. I take what I want in return. Everyone will see. The world needs you. You know what you need to do. Nothing good is born from lies. And greatness is not what you think. Just a trash can. It's just a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was from the trailer to Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> the IMDB plot description is Rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. That is the most broadest of terms of what this movie is. We'll get into a little bit more about plot details, maybe in spoilers. Of course, this is written and directed by Patty Jenkins. Jeff Johns also 
assisted in the script. Jeff Johns is kind of a superstar and one-time editorial director of DC Comics. And this film stars, of course, Gal Gadot, the return of Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, Pedro Pascal, and the return of Robin Wright and Connie Nielsen. Okay, so when we review a film, we like to first talk about the good. Generally speaking, what we liked about a movie, what worked for us, those kinds of things. And then we move on to the bad, what didn't work for us, what we hated about a movie, what sort of flaws we found in the film. Then we move on to spoilers and final thoughts. I have a hunch we will probably have a bigger spoiler discussion than a non-spoiler discussion. But, Shanna, I'm going to let you start us off and see where this goes. You're a big Wonder Woman fan. I apparently love the first Wonder Woman a little bit more than you based on past episodes and film faves lists, but... You were pretty jazzed when you came out of the theater in 2017 from the first Wonder Woman movie. Did this movie reach the level of the first one, exceed it? What was the good about Wonder Woman 1984? So with viewing Wonder Woman, it's always an emotional experience for me because you're seeing a lot and you know, Patty Jenkins and her team are very good at showing what a woman like me would crave to see, right? I want to see strong, athletic women doing athletic things. I want to see the power of love. I want to see the power of energy. I want to see the, the strong commitment to truth. So it's always this emotional experience for me. I'm always practically in tears no matter what's happening no matter if it's just a word that hits home for me or if it's an action or if it's a part of the story that's unfolding before our eyes now do i love this one more than number one uh yeah i think this is fucking awesome i'm still coming off a high after watching it i mean we're going straight into recording here but I am so freaking pumped about ha- having been able to watch this. I, I really would have loved if we could see this in the theater. I know that that was impossible. We don't have a movie room, contrary to being movie lovers. Like, if this comes into the theaters, I will throw all my money at it. I feel like it deserves it. There was so much, so much good in this film. So much that resonated with me over this period of life that, this phase of life that we're going through together and me myself. And it, it just little things that I wanted acknowledgement of. And maybe other movies have done it, but I wanted it in a superhero sense because I've always loved that format, that way of storytelling. Yeah, I I definitely enjoy it as well. I look back at the first Wonder Woman, which I absolutely love. But I had I did have issues with the third act in that film and the and the villain in that film. And that kind of like just pulled it back from being greatness for me. Like it was two thirds of a great film and one third of a, a, a good or a fine film. 
I don't feel that way with this film. I felt much more satisfied with this film in, in completely, right? Through the whole film. And this film, I don't remember how long the, the 2017 movie was, but this one's two and a half hours. I will say that this movie moves really well. It didn't feel like two and a half hours to me. It felt like maybe an hour, 50 minutes, two hours. So it works really well. I'm very impressed, and I love Patty Jenkins as a director on what, what she's become. Oh, Shanna's showing me now that the first Wonder Woman was also two and a half hours long. Well, uh, I don't know about how that film felt, but this one definitely felt brisker than its running time. Uh, anyway. Patty Jenkins has become one hell of a big budget, big studio film director. I love what she's been able to do. There's stuff in this film that we can get into later that's absolutely beautiful, absolutely stirring, wonderful. She's, you know, this film doesn't sacrifice also any sort of heart or soul to it. It's not all about the comic book superhero moviness of it, if that makes sense. Again, I'm kind of, there's a lot that is not in the trailers. And so there's a lot that I'm tiptoeing around here in terms of the main villain, in terms of uh, Chris Pine's character, Steve Trevor. You know, one big question mark is why is he back? And, I was, that was a big question mark for me, and I was really, what's the word? I was really nervous about that, and I thought that the way they execute it in the script, it feels absolutely necessary to the story. It works really well, and it's completely satisfying, and that's all I'll say about Steve Trevor before spoilers. I think that Kristen Wiig does an excellent job in her role as Barbara Minerva, uh, a.k.a. eventually the cheetah. I was really worried, how are they going to go full cheetah? And then we saw glimpses in the second or third trailer. I haven't seen all the trailers, but it was either the second or third trailer for this movie that we finally get to see glimpses that they do go full cheetah and like how well they pull that off. And I thought that they pulled off that character really well. I feel like it got changed throughout the different trailers. In what sense? Like, did we only see one trailer that had Cheetah? I only saw one trailer that actually showed I feel like this, the, the movie is slightly different to it, but we'll have to go look. I could be completely wrong. Yeah, go ahead and take a look at some point and, and see. But... That worked for me. I thought Pedro Pascal, it's so interesting. Pedro Pascal, he's also the Mandalorian. And so to hear him perform as a Mandalorian and then to hear him as Maxwell Lord, the fourth, it's like two completely different personalities, two completely different voices, two completely different characters. And then you also think of him as, I don't remember his character's name, but in Game of Thrones... The dude's got versatility, if nothing else. You know, that's three distinct, very different characters and very different performances. 
and he's pretty great here. I I ah, oh, I wish I could say more about that character, but you pretty much get nothing from the uh, trailers, and I don't even think he's necessarily introduced in the first twenty minutes of the movie. So anything about him is literally a spoiler. So I won't go into that. Uh, but I am impressed by all the new cast members. And I'm impressed by the script and how it weaves things together. And it it seems to be really kind of going for something that is very true to the character of Wonder Woman and the spirit of Wonder Woman as well. So there's a lot to, to like and... There's a lot to appreciate, and there's a, there's a lot of jaw-dropping moments here, and Gal Gadot is, once again, she continues to be absolutely incredible as this character. Shannon, did you have anything else to add about the good before we move into the bad? I'm treading so lightly because I don't want to ruin anything. Mm. in this part of our, dis- our discussion. Yeah. I will say that I loved the performances. I loved where the story went. You know, it's probably everything I just said, but there were so many relatable emotional moments and so many relatable things that happen in life. Like from as simple as thinking that person over there that I wish I could emulate, I bet they have it so easy and they don't. They have it through trial, error, and lessons. Another thing I'll add is the humor around 80s and the references around 80s. I thought they <laughs> they balanced it really well where it wasn't like they didn't lean really hard into it. Huh. But there was just enough to find humor in or to, to get the period right or to reference things from the period that it, it just felt like part of the texture of the story not like hey remember that thing and how funny is that thing if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean it definitely you know shows the variety of fashion that was happening in the <laughs> 80s i like the 80s i thought there was really? there was a lot going on you know Th- there that's was for sure a lot of variety if you look very carefully mm. there was a lot of stuff happening like okay. Kristen wiggs you know cheetah character is very well garbed and has this beautiful evolution of costuming you know as her arc progresses yeah her costume is her character yeah it was oh it was great Throughout the whole movie, like the her entire, you could track the entire character arc through her costuming. Definitely. And th- there's one moment where they're in a store and you just see the enormous amount of bright ass color accessories. And I was like, that's perfect. We don't even need to see people in all those colors. We just need to see the, the playfulness that fashion had at that time. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it doesn't have to be distracting. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right there in front of us. I really enjoyed the escalation of things in this movie. Mm. Little things that turn to big things or kind of this domino effect that happens uh, throughout the film. It happens in the beginning, like the Mm -hmm. first 20 minutes. There's examples kind of setting up that rhythm that we're going to experience later in the film as well. And I just I really like that sort of intro into that 
method of storytelling, I guess, is, okay. is what it could be described as. Okay. I'll definitely want you to come back to this during the spoiler section. So put a pin in that because I'm interested in hearing more. What did you that. not like about this film, Jeff? Yeah, let's let's just really get into <laughs> that and keep moving here. The the bad. Um, not much. There's only a couple of things. First of all, the biggest thing that I that really bothered me about this movie is not seeing it in the theater. This was a movie that really needed to be seen and appreciated in the theater, not a 40-inch screen, not a tablet, not a phone, not a laptop. You know, some people out there are lucky enough to have an 80-inch screen or, or better, mm. but I willing to bet you the large majority of people that's not the experience that they're having and that is a shame because this could have been one of the biggest hits of the summer because it or was it set originally yeah. in the summer or spring for its release date i believe so because they kept pushing and pushing yeah i want to say it was like june it was a june release Wait, was, date originally i might be wrong this might be one of those films where they they pushed it to like one date and then they stopped pushing it and didn't say anything for a while. It, it got set to December 25th pretty quickly and they thought, okay. they thought surely our country would come together and solve this problem by December. And, and so they thought it would be a, a, a Christmas release. They even moved Dune because of it originally, 221 to 221. And so uh, I think we lost something really special and so when you say if it comes to the theaters if it comes to the theaters in the states it's in the theaters in other countries Mm -hmm. if it comes to the theaters in states i would i would love to be able to have some sort of a post-covid theater opening kind of thing and this movie eventually come to the screen and experience it because there are sequences shots huge splash page type things almost like alex ross type shots uh, that are just absolutely beautiful and really did deserve the 60 foot or the 30 foot screen treatment so i did feel that loss while watching it that's not the movie's fault obviously but it was unfortunate that 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 my first experience was on a 40 or 50 inch screen i have to say you know our personal tradition, our tradition for Christmas is genuinely we go to the theater. And depending on what's going on, depending on what our situation is with our son, we go and watch a double feature most years. If, you know, if not a single feature, we watch two. Uh-huh. And I really miss that this year. So something that I did to try and trick my brain into thinking everything's fine during this 2020 madness i made a huge bowl of popcorn and i'm not talking microwave crap here not that that doesn't work it works in a pinch it's all in a pot on a pot with the coconut oil enough coconut oil to make you full after like two handfuls threw the butter on even poured coca-cola into our little handy dandy coca-cola glasses with ice Put the lights off, all that sort of stuff. You, you created the atmosphere. Yeah, I really tried mm-hmm. hard for that. Here's the bonus part. I got to have my puppy in my lap. So <laughs> that was kind of nice. And I got to go pee whenever I freaking wanted to. Much to my chagrin, hitting, but yes. By hitting the pause button. Yeah. So there's, look, there's good things, but there's not enough good things about experiencing this at home. So two really brief 
general broad statements I'll make the of of nits I'm going to pick about this movie. Oh, One it's nitty time. Just. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to speak really broadly, so I want to get through this so I can get the spoilers. Okay. One, there is a, a thing that is really cool that's introduced that fans will love in this movie. And it's really awesome and it's really fun. But when I pause and think about it, I'm like, how? And I didn't, I didn't think that thing was set up very well. More on that in spoilers. Second, there are aspects of the villain who's who has powers and abilities let's say and it doesn't always make sense or feels consistent okay maybe that's something we have to get into in spoilers but that's something that i think even you at one point was like well that that doesn't quite work with uh, what we know so far but um that was my only thing there are minor issues overall that was all I could think of. Was there anything that you could think of minor or significant before we move on? I guess you're right. There's a little bit of inconsistency. There's a little bit of a broken methodology happening there, unless I'm uneducated in that. Because I was trying to... I, I think there was something that happened, and I said, oh, but typically if this happens in a story... XYZ is the result. And mm. it was somewhat accurate, but there were other pieces thrown in there too. Okay. But it wasn't like a huge deal. I don't I, I'd like to watch it again and see if it really bugs the shit out of me, but it doesn't right now. So is it fair to say that the good definitely outweighs the bad for this film? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, something cool about watching this at home is I got to cheer as loud as I freaking wanted, which Well, you was can do in the theater. No, no, no. You just if, can't talk. Okay, look, here's the thing. Like, if I'm in the theater, do you really think what I was doing in the living room is really going to play out well for me and those around me? Not the talking part, no. No, I'm talking about the cheering part, too. Yeah, sure. No, no, it's not because you squeaked. Okay. <laughs> That's where you're mistaken, my friend. All right. All right. All right. So I did like being able to cheer. Good for you. That's awesome. I give this film an 8 out of 10. One of the biggest thrills of the of a year that's been lacking thrills. Not completely without its thrills, but definitely suffered. And this is a highlight. Absolutely. 9 out of 10, my friends. <laughs> so, okay. At this point, if you have not seen Wonder Woman 1984, you what got our general... What is wrong with you? Let me finish. Go get the HBO now. You got our general thoughts. It is available on HBO Max briefly until, I think, the 24th of January... Uh, on HBO Max, so feel free to take advantage, even if you want to just sign up for a free trial for a month or whatever. Go for it and decide from there what you want to do with HBO Max. We think it's worth it. We just don't recommend watching it on the smallest screen you have in the house. Right? Go, go uh, experience it on as big a screen as you possibly have in your purview. But pause here if you haven't seen it. Continue on. Join us for spoilers because we're going to spend a few minutes discussing spoilers and our genuine thoughts about Wonder Woman 1984 starting now. Okay, so Shanna, before I forget. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm so excited. Wait a minute. Before we forget, I want to go back to your point. You're talking about a domino effect, essentially, of the plotting 
of how certain things kind of led up to others. Can you expound a little bit on that before expound? we forget about it? Yes, yes, I can. Yes. So in the beginning, you you have Wonder Woman uh, going around doing the normal little superhero brief introduction to the film where she hears things and she goes and she helps people in the city. And it's interesting. You, we're entering a store where there's all these bright pops of color and somebody steals a pair of cheap-ass sunglasses. Right. And they're running and you think, a Wonder Woman's not going to necessarily stop that i mean surely not because she had just stopped a very very fast driver in a stupid right so save someone from getting hit yeah and and that seemed more realistic of how she would how a superheroine would spend her time helping a city but then this you know this this little glosses thing happens and something happens as they're escaping and then something else is happening and then they actually push a bride off of a bridge essentially Mm -hmm. and that's this little it's like this little introduction to the domino effect of what's going to happen gotcha okay and then later what ends up happening is we have the domino effect of the monkey's paw the citrine explain and set up the citrine so later we have this citrine is it a statue? It's like an artifact. Oh, thank you. That's much better. There's the citrine artifact, and people start making wishes off of it. Uh, somebody random in the office, then Cheetah, well, Wonder Woman, and then Cheetah make these wishes, right? Well, Wonder Woman starts to lose her powers as... Because whatever it takes... As Steve, it takes, Tre- Steve Trevor yeah. comes back into her life in a way. Right. Because it grants your wish, but it takes something from you. Yes. And so slowly she begins to lose her powers, which in effect prevents her from being able to save people and herself in a a timely manner. Nothing too drastic happens. Okay. Because she realizes, because she's smart as fuck, she realizes that she needs to give up her wish. Renounce? Renounce her wish. Yeah, yeah. To kind of reverse the effects. But then you have something like... I don't think that that just uh, just really quickly. I don't think that that's because that's a part of her. Oh wow, she's she's ahead of everybody. She's so brilliant. She figured that out. I mean, she has you historical know. and multicultural, multi. She has a huge knowledge of history. She does and civilizations. But that so. moment, they all discuss the group. Them discover that together. She's not ahead of anybody. But she also is resistant and refuses to do that. Yeah, there's definitely these human moments that happen with her where we get to see her. uh, She's lost a a lot of strength and ability to heal. And so she's not getting up and she's kind of just stuck there. It's kind of how we look after we've done burpees or something, (laughs) you know, just in a corner, just totally ragged. And... It's brilliant to see her in such a vulnerable state. It's brilliant to see blood on her from a bullet because she wasn't fast enough to catch it or something. And it's just, you know, she has this sort of breakdown. And it's really good because we need to see that happen. She's not invincible. No one is invincible. But Domino Effect... You know, also affects Cheetah. She makes... She doesn't know what she would wish for. She'd wish for everything. And then she gets refined. And she wishes to be like Diana. And 
she has this newfound strength, speed, agility. And Confidence, too. Yeah. And she... I wasn't sure what she was going to lose until Diana said it at the end. Yeah. But her dom- cheetah's domino effect is, okay, the predator that tried to hurt me, oh, you're over there? And she she seems to kill him. He could she doesn't. be in a coma. He, 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 was, he was alive. He okay. was moving. But he was so fucked up, he couldn't get up. I mean, like, at one of the times she kicked him, he lost, his teeth went flying. You know, like, he was really messed up. Yeah, and, uh, you know, someone who she was compassionate towards earlier in the film. A homeless man. She she actually just essentially tells him to fuck off and mind his own business. So there's definitely this attitudinal shift. And then Citrine Man grant, says, he's feeling generous, I'll grant you another wish because he's now inhabited he has become the Citrine. You're talking about artifact. Maxwell Lord. That was yeah. his wish. Yeah. Just set that up. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, I'm going to bend the rules because I'm the artifact. And and that seems to further escalate things. He grant. What you're trying to say is he grants her another wish. And, and at that point, she's realized what she likes and what she doesn't like and how she wants to be unique in her own way. Mm-hmm. But it's coming from a really bad place. Yeah. So it doesn't really deliver very well for her, I think. So what you're trying to... This is all about like a point you're trying to make about domino effects being well-structured in the film. Yeah, and it's not just about bad stuff. It's about good stuff, too. You know, we see Steve Trevor and Diana. They go and take a plane, a jet, uh-huh. and they get into the sky, and she's asking him... How sh- how he has this gift of flight, how he's able to be this awesome pilot, and he explains how it's just wind and what is it, what else? It's gliding. It's yeah. how to read the patterns of the wind, feel it. Yeah. And then she's able to fly in the end because she hears his lesson and implements it. So okay. it's all these little things. I, look, this is my interpretation of it, but okay. there we go. Well, anyway, I will say that some of what is, in terms of setups and payoffs, one of the most important things about the Steve Trevor plot subplot is that the movie takes its time to really demonstrate that Diana's alone. She's very lonely. She lives a, a, a solitary life. And she does really hang on to this one person that she had a strong connection with, that she loved, who died shortly after she fell in love with him. She's very human in her grief. Sure. But what I'm trying to say is it took the time to develop this and, and lay this groundwork for why his return would be something she'd be so reluctant to take back. Yeah. Right? And that's one of the things that I appreciated about this story is and this this idea of chris pine coming back is he actually didn't come back he just somehow like inhabited some random dude's body which is weird (laughs) but he does and physically it's this other guy but really it's steve trevor's soul inhabiting this guy yeah and i love that setup because you kind of know oh okay so this has to be temporary yeah you know not for temporary sake but because 
the story demands it to be temporary because um, the rules of this citrine, this wish-making citrine, is uh, that's set up is in order for anything uh, to be undone, you either have to destroy the citrine or you have to renounce your wish. And oh, Wonder Woman, since Maxwell Lord wishes to be the citrine and he does become the citrine, um, the citrine kind of dissolves into him. The question is, okay, is Wonder Woman going so far as to kill a man to staff this? That is famously, famously a big no-no for Wonder Woman. So is she going to have to make the, um, the selfless sacrifice of renouncing her wish at some point? Mm-hmm. And you kind of know that she's going to have to. Like, there's no, no other alternative. She's looking for an alternative, but there really isn't one. It's and back you, to that theme of time, wishing they had more time, and it's like... Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that's really well-developed. I love that. That's really great stuff. And I and I really like how Maxwell Lord, his storyline is partially about becoming more powerful so he can like make his son proud and be a good father to his son. But he's also missing the point of what it means to be a good father to his son. And he keeps saying things that his son overhears that hurts their relationship. And and uh, it's kind of a domino effect, like to, to mm. use your parlance mm-hmm. in that sense. And. And all he wants is uh, he becomes thirsty for power. Now, as far as Maxwell Lord goes, he the, the one of the things I criticized was this idea of of okay, all I have to do is touch somebody, basically manipulate them into saying that they wish something that I actually wish to happen mm-hmm. uh, that benefits me. And I grant that wish of theirs, but I also, like, take something from them. That's fine, but, like, the rules kind of get a little wonky where, like, all of a sudden he can manipulate people after that to do things. Case in point, the president of the United States. All of a sudden, the president of the United States, for whatever reason, is, like, hypnotized into doing whatever he says, and that didn't quite make sense with the rules. And there's a couple other examples of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it, it quickly starts evolving, and I don't think it quite's evolve. I would say unraveling. Okay, cool, because I was going to say it doesn't evolve with purpose. Like, there isn't something that sets it up. It's yeah. not like when they're reading the Mayan text... I think it's Mayan. It's not like when she's reading the text that okay, this will ev- this will evolve and and right. more and more will be taken from it. There isn't anything that suggests that really. Right. It would have been good if there was just a quick throw in line there, you know. Yeah. But there isn't. So yes, it is a bit of an unraveling because yeah. the rules start to change very quickly. Yeah. So I thought that was a little imperfect, um, and that was one of my biggest things. And it feels like it could have been an easy fix. I totally would have run with it if, you know, something on the inscription, you know, would say, you know, the power will grow the more followers or the more uh-huh, um, uh-huh. people you grant wishes to. Hit a hundred likes and you will <laughs> receive blah, you know? It was one of the few things in the movie that 
felt like it happened because the script needed it to happen so that way the character could get to another point. That's the really only one of the only parts in the movie that felt that way. You mentioned the scene when Trevor and Diana are in a jet. Well, what I didn't expect was that they they actually Patty Jenkins finds a way to put in for the fans the invisible jet. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really cool moment followed by several beautiful moments. That's just really cool and one of the biggest like cinematic could have been one of the biggest cinematic moments in the theater of the year it's just absolutely gorgeous and stunning right however when i take a step back from the moment i couldn't help but wonder like how is this possible because like in the moment diana's like oh by the way there's this one time when i was able to make something invisible i somehow got the power apparently to do this i'm going to do this right now and it felt like it wasn't appropriately set up to uh, um to make this like a it could have been something that was set up in earlier in the movie and this jet moment could have been a huge payoff of this instead it was like the sudden oh by the way i could do this and I'm going to do this now. And it was, it didn't quite, when I sit back and think about it, it doesn't quite work for me. It's like, oh, you can make things invisible all of a sudden? What? But it was a really awesome moment from an aesthetic and just absolute, like a, a sensory sort of experience, experiential speaking. It was really cool. It just didn't make sense. It wasn't like, the groundwork wasn't laid very well for that. I can see what you're saying but I don't care because <laughs> <laughs> love you because look it's rushed but I had just previously said had she set up some dialogue for the citrine mm-hmm. monster to evolve I would have been fine uh-huh. you know and here she sets it up with dialogue she says my father was able to do something she uses a descriptive word and i think steve trevor says well well, have you tried it and she said well i I did it once with a cup but i don't know what happened and disappeared right she lost the cup and i think what i got from that is her intention was actually maybe just to look i don't know how radar works because this is why she had to go invisible with the jet right she actually stole i'm sure she'll fix that later (laughs) um she's a good person so My understanding is that, oh, well, maybe radar, there's like a motherboard and it's a chip or something. That's my understanding of a radar. Um, And so maybe her intention was to just set that thing invisible. But what ended up happening is, is the whole thing went invisible. I was shocked and excited and pumped. And then like you afterwards, I thought for just a moment took myself out of the excitement stream and was like, well, is this possible? And I thought to myself, well, Themyscira has the same kind of visual effect where it's invisible. So it's not like she See, wouldn't be familiar with okay, it. Okay. I wish that they used that to pay that off. I wish they used, cause that's a really good point. What? The fact that Themyscira has like this invisible dome. Yeah. I yeah. wish they used that as a, as a way to kind of like, lay the groundwork for that. But I mean, they've used it in the first film. No, 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 no. Yeah, but you as a person had to actually 
think hard and take and connect some dots. I mean, the I mean, movie it wasn't it wasn't that hard, guys. You're missing my point. <laughs> you're missing my point. You had to jump through several hoops to get to that. The movie doesn't actually like lay that groundwork and say this is you know from point A to point B. This is how the jet moment is possible. I also believe for myself that her power is amplified when she's with Steve Trevor <laughs> because there's love. Uh-huh. And that's the power of love. Uh-huh. So I As Huey Lewis told us. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Listen to the man. So, I mean, like, look, there, there's a couple of... Fa- everyone knows it's not hard to make me believe something in movies. <laughs> okay. okay. I can make the stretch. I'm totally fine. Yeah. You can stretch the- as far as Fanta- Mr. Fantastic can stretch <laughs> sometimes if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in all honesty, they didn't really ask us anything else the 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 villain had a little bit of an unraveling the citrine villain had an unraveling but they didn't ask us to take that leap of faith story element again oh 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 i thought you were making a point of like really stretching our disbelief you're saying no i'm saying like story element was they only asked us for something once and i think this is where they asked us yeah Uh, mm. Either way, it was a really cool moment when it did happen. Just from a just absolute like experiential, experientially speaking, mm-hmm. the they also Patty Jenkins. Uh, I just spent a, a, just a few minutes on anything else that you want to speak to, and just kind of like, oh, this is cool, kind of stuff. Part of Wonder Woman lore, depending on the era, is that Wonder Woman had to go through a trial into in order to become wonder woman and be able to be Mm. the ambassador into the man's world i like that they took that idea of this themiscuran trial yes and they really went all out on it and it is some extraordinary jaw-dropping stuff that made me instantly regret not being able to see it in the theater because it's pretty freaking amazing it made me instantly upset that I've never been like a competition athlete <laughs> of some kind because it looked so cool. And I didn't realize how much I wanted to experience that until I saw this. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, as we know from the previous film, they actually use cross trainers, athletic women. Mm-hmm. It all is realistic in a sense. Well, I mean... Okay. <laughs> it's definitely like just stretching what's realistic. It's just a, a superhero yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you want? Yeah. I mean, the yeah. base, the foundation yeah. is realistic there you with go. the casting. There you go. You like that better? It's all about the Oh, word. good. <laughs> um, but that was a really great opening to the film. It's not it's not a trial to uh, for determining who will become Wonder Woman or who will be ambassador to Man's World or anything. It's some sort of a championship sort of entertainment thing that they have on Themyscira. But it was a really cool way of introducing or in, in involving that idea. I also like that she failed. Yeah. She has not won everything. And that's going to take me to a cool moment between Cheetah and Wonder Woman when they first meet. Mm-hmm. Like, I can totally relate to Cheetah when we first see her, how she's trying to reach out and make friends and... You know, yes, as Barbara. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're tr- we're, she's trying to make a connection. Yep. And then she meets Diana and she's like, oh my God, 
you have the best heels and you know how to walk in them. That's not exactly what she says, but that's essentially what's happening. Yeah. And she asks her to lunch. Yeah, there's kind of this admiration for her. And it's wonderful. Wonder Woman's busy in her own world, but she comes back to Barbara and says, let's have an early dinner, you know? Yeah. And when they're chatting, that little interaction is so wonderful because she's saying, essentially, I wish I could be like you. You don't want that. Like, I don't have it easy. I've had losses too. And it's so wonderful how this idea of perfection or what we think people are, how they, no one else could possibly have it as difficult as me, is, is, is addressed mm-hmm. in a meaningful way mm-hmm. through dialogue with two women. Because what's, I definitely grew up as a teenage girl thinking that. What's important to point out here is Barbara doesn't know that Diana is Wonder Woman. And uh, no yes. one knows about the existence of Wonder Woman, really. Somehow she's kept that under the radar and under wraps all this time. She she's, is. A, she's killing surveillance right? every time there's surveillance and she sees it. So in this at this point in time. Yes. So Barbara just thinks of her and sees her as this confident, beautiful woman. And she's t- speaking to her in that sense. Right. Because one of the um, defining aspects of Diana is she is unbelievably stunning. Like she gets noticed by everyone mm-hmm. male or female and 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 some women are in awe of, and and aspire, aspire to have her kind of beauty right and so that's yeah. that's an, a, a really important aspect here and barbara only sees her as an incredibly confident and beautiful and smart woman and she's connecting with her on that on that level that's that's an important aspect of that conversation too to make clear also kind of interesting how Diana has kept the whole Wonder Woman thing under wraps all this time. Like, there, she's not famous. She's not this big superhero that the public knows about. There's, she moves very quickly. Yeah, there's, like, rumors that she it, that something exists out there. Yeah, uh, one cool moment that I really liked. It's very, very small, but if you've seen the animated film, there's this beautiful moment where a little girl is crying in the park and Wonder Woman, dressed as Wonder Woman, she's just come to man's world and this little black girl is crying and she says, why are you crying? And she says, those boys say I can't play with them and they're they're sword jostling, you know. And Wonder Woman is like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, you want to do the sword this way and that way and that is how you do it. And that little girl goes after those boys and they are terrified. And it was just such a beautiful moment of like this connection. And so that kind of happens in this film too. So there's these little winks from other, other, uh, what, what do you call them? Phases, uh, books, well, you know, other stories where, when this little girl is like, Whoa, she gets totally in the way. And she, Wonder Woman is like, hold on tight and kind of pushes her to safety in the arms of a bear giant bear and like the little girl is basically clapping all giddy and it was just this little acknowledgement and wink to that i feel Mm. Uh, it could mean something completely different to someone else but that's what i felt Mm. Uh, i also loved steve trevor's emotion that he had when you you know he gets to see the air flight museum 
Air and Space Museum. Air and yes. Space mm-hmm. Museum, and then she takes him to pick a pick a plane, and he sits in that jet, and he gets a little teary eyed and pumped, uh. and it was just it was so beautiful to see him alive and in his passion. You yeah. know, it was great that men were showing emotion here. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like. It wasn't a big thing, but yeah, it was it was a small thing that was there. You know, I don't, I don't. You're looking at me, but I want to understand that there were no Kleenexes. Yeah, but right. it was just this beautiful acting moment of pure if, joy. If anything, Adrian Adrian Pascal, I think is his name, is he had a more emotional moment uh, than anyone else in uh, the end of the film with his son Pedro Pascal. Sorry, the flight scene. The scene when Wonder Woman renounces her wish and she intends to jump off like she normally has with the lasso and she finds herself hundreds of feet in the air all of a sudden and she figures out how to fly or glide, if you will, depending on your parlance, depending on the era of the, the books. Beautiful scene absolutely stunning and really cool i found myself really getting anxious because i was like oh my god what did steve say again are they going to tell us what steve said again please tell us what steve said again and then you know as i'm thinking this i'm like oh thank god they're telling us okay Okay, great (laughs) now i feel better you know and i just thought that her finding strength with each movement she made was quite beautiful the entire sequence was was really beautiful, and uh, it's just a really cool moment. And it climaxes with her practically, well, she, she was swinging off of lightning bolts, and it's just like, oh my god, that's amazing. Which totally made sense to me if you're like a Zeus child, so you know. Anything else you want to speak to about the film before oh, I'm we wrap sure up? Sure, there's plenty, but I think I'm good for now. All right. So this has been our bonus review of Wonder Woman 1984. What are your thoughts? What worked or didn't work for you about the film? Did you like it more than 2017's film even? Feel free to email us at thegibsonreview at gmail.com. Shanna, where can people find you online? You can find me at Shanna underscore Paxton underscore photography on Instagram. You can also find my way behind flick chart account at spellbinding a go to the gibsonreview.com check out the latest posts i've had there i've been finishing up the 10th anniversary of the gibson review with a series of uh, posts counting down my favorites of all time including 100 favorite movies of all time the last entry of that should be out very soon also, go to the Gibson 99 on Instagram to follow me there. Facebook.com slash the Gibson Review. Um, you'll also find polls occasionally at the Instagram account, the Gibson 99. And, of course, Flickchart, the Gibson 99. Keep an eye out for more episodes of The Movie Lovers. Of course, uh, leave reviews on whatever podcatcher you're using, be it SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. And uh, sub- subscribe and share with others, please. We will have two more bonus episodes, and then on January 5th, we'll have our 2020 in review episode, where we will 
talk about the best in in film in 2020 as well as count down our favorites so look for that and of course enjoy the latest episode wherein what did we do we had a episode that was jam-packed full of reviews of over 10 films called the 2020 roundup so check that out as well in the meantime merry christmas and keep loving the movies this is jeff and shanna saying happy holidays and bye bye